Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. I'm really excited because we're starting a brand new series called What's on Your Mind? What's on your mind? Look at three people around you and tell them what's on your mind. What's on your mind? Some people got a whole lot on their mind today. What's on your mind? The month of May is Mental Health Awareness Month across our country. And I think if the world talks about it, we should talk about it as well. In fact, I think the Bible says a lot about it. In fact, if you don't hear anything else today, I want you to hear this. God cares for your mind. God cares for your mind. He loves you, he's for you, and he cares for your mind. And so the next several weeks, we're going to talk about mental health, and it's going to be, I think, an incredible series where we're all going to get healthy and get well. And so we're kicking it off today, week one. Grab your Bibles and go to the book of Matthew. Go to Matthew chapter 11. Go to Matthew chapter 11. As you're going there, look at the person next to you and tell them you look phenomenal today. How good is it to see Pastor JP in the building? Come on. He's been watching online. By the way, can we give a huge welcome to everybody watching on YouTube and Facebook? Come on, all of our online family, give them a big, big welcome. We got people watching all across our city, our country, and around the world. And so wherever you're watching from, let us know in the comments. Type that. Put your flag if you're in another country. Some fire emojis, some happy faces. Tell us where you're watching from. What other emoji is a good emoji to use? Yeah, the little hands, the you. They're supposed to be like praising hands. It's the you. We're celebrating the you. Put that emoji on there as well. Go to Matthew chapter 11. Mike Delgado's in the building as well. Wow, it's good to see you and your wife. You guys are absolutely amazing. I'm going to give shout-outs the entire time. Matthew chapter 11. <laughs> we got Richard McCarthy here in the front. All right, Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to put it up on the screens as well so you can follow along. By the way, if you don't have a Bible, pass by our Connect Tent after service. We'll give you a free Bible. Uh, these uh, verses are extremely important. And if you don't know them, maybe you've already heard them, underline them, allow them to get deep down in your heart, in your soul. I think they're essential, especially for the times we're living in. Jesus is speaking, and he says something absolutely beautiful that I think every single human across history needs to hear and know. You ready? Verse 28. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come on, anybody love Jesus? Absolutely love Jesus. Those few words that he says there I think are extremely important for every single one of us to know. And today, despite of how you came in here, maybe watching across the country, Jesus is speaking to us these words once again. Come to me, all who are heavy, tired, burdened out. He'll give us rest for our souls. 
today, as we start this mental health series, week one, I want to talk to you from this title or this topic, I Already Won. I Already Won. Why don't you tap three, four people around you and tell them, I already won. I already won. I already won. We're going to pray, and then uh, we're going to talk about Jesus' words for a little bit, then worship and have an incredible Sunday. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for this gathering, the ecclesia, the assembly, God, as uh, we've come out of our homes into public spaces and places to worship you and to give you all the praise uh, here and around the world online. Thank you, God, for all that you're doing. Thank you for loving people like us. We don't deserve it, God. We certainly can't earn it, but you're good and you love us anyways. And so we pray that today uh, you'll bring healing and hope to so many lives. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, all of God's people say. Yeah. Oh, come on. All of God's people say. Yeah. Can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. Yeah. UM signs everywhere. All right. Um. I, I like doing grocery shopping. I know a lot of men probably don't like doing grocery shopping, but I'm the type of man, husband, that likes doing grocery shopping for my wife. Yes, thank you very much. I do, I do enjoy it. I enjoy going to the grocery store. In fact, sometimes I'll tell Dana just to hang out at home, relax. I'm going to go do the groceries. And, I do, and she'll compose a list, and, and I'll go do some groceries. But I've learned over time to be careful. Sometimes I'll bring the wrong item home, or I won't check the item. Recently, not long ago, I remember bringing home uh, some of the groceries, and everything seemed okay until she got to the carton of eggs uh, that I bought, and she opened them to find out there were some broken eggs inside. And that's when Diana taught me, you have to check the eggs at the grocery store. I know it seems elementary and basic. I never knew that. And so uh, now I know. Now I know. I go to the grocery store because what I've learned is that the carton of eggs can look good on the outside. Some of them got some really nice drawings, incredible artwork. We buy free-range organic eggs. Come on. (laughs) Unnecessary information, but I just felt like putting that out there. And uh, it looks great on the outside, but as you open it, sometimes you'll find a few broken eggs on the inside. And it made me think, I think today's society, so many people look great on the outside. I mean, their packaging, they got it all right. They got the best outfits, put on the most makeup. They got the latest wardrobe. Come on, we look great on the outside, but so many of us are broken on the inside. So many of us, our mind is afflicted. We live stressed anxious, tired, heavy, burdened. I mean, it looks like we're smiling on the outside. We, we go to public places and spaces. We're at malls. We're at gatherings. We're at church. We're with friends. We're at a barbecue. We're hanging out, and it looks good on the outside. But so many humans today are broken on the inside. The minds of many are afflicted, and I think that leads to a challenge, to a problem, and that's that an afflicted mind leads to an affected life. Eventually, what's on the inside is going to begin to show up on the outside, right? Like, if you're broken on the inside, it starts to show up 
in your everyday life. It starts to show up in your everyday behavior, how you treat others. It starts to show up in, in your thought life. It starts to show up in how you treat your neighbor and how you treat your wife, your husband, your kids. All of a sudden, we have a cloudy vision. We can't think straight. We're walking in dark days. Our behavior is erratic. Our emotions are all over the place. We're moody, and we don't even know why. We got a temperament. We got an anger problem. We're cursing people out left and right we're angry we're bitter we're rejected uh, and uh, and this is showing up on the outside because we're broken on the inside an afflicted mind leads to an affected life can't love people the way you want to love you can't show emotions the way you want to show emotions you can't receive from God all that he has for you because your mind is afflicted somebody say afflicted an afflicted mind Perhaps you're here today or so many of us that join us now online around the world and, and you have an afflicted mind today. It's been a rough past 12 months for our planet. So many of us have gone through loss, economic loss, family loss, friends that have left and we've gone through grief, we've gone through hard times, we've gone through hurt and pain we turn on the news and we see the hurt and the pain and maybe you're in here today and, and it looks like everything's good on the outside and you're trying to smile and you're trying to push through, but inside it's broken. Inside you're broken. It seems like color has left your world. It seems like there is no light. It seems like you're sitting in darkness, cold, abandoned, rejected, not heard, struggling. Nobody knows the pain that you're going through. Nobody understands some of the thoughts that are racing through your mind. You're afflicted on the inside. The pressures of life, of bills, of jobs, of families, they're mounting, they're insurmountable on your life, and it's weighing heavy on you. And I would say the past 12 months have led a lot of people now to suicidal thoughts. And so many people want to check out and say, well, I, I don't even want to live anymore. I'm done, I'm fed up, life is too hard, it's full of too much pain, too much suffering. Perhaps you're in here watching and that's where your mind is, I'm, I'm done. I don't know what else to do and, and you're thinking about taking this action. I want to tell you that suicide is not the answer. In fact, I'll tell you this, suicide is a permanent and irreversible decision to avoid a temporary problem. It's a permanent and irreversible attempt to a temporary problem. I want to tell you today that you don't have to die to end your pain. In fact, I'll say this, suicide doesn't end your pain. It just passes it on to those who love you. And today, if you're dealing with that, I want to tell you there's professionals who are here to help you. There's professionals who want to counsel you and help you get through some of the dark moments of your life. And I want to put up a number and just make sure that everybody who's going through this knows there's help for you. You are not alone. So I want to put up this number that's extremely important. The suicide helpline is 1-800-273-TALK, 1-800-273-8255. I want you to write that down. Take a picture of it if you're watching online. Make sure you call that number as soon as possible. Don't let another thought come. Don't play with that anymore because your life matters. 
And I want to say that the enemy is a liar. And it doesn't matter how much pressure we're under. And I know life gets difficult. I want to tell you, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And we're not going to let the enemy come and take another life. Your life matters. You are valuable. God loves you. His hand is upon you. You are not by yourself. You got God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the church, the community, counselors, therapists, professionals. Your life matters. And so we're going to get you some help. Call that number now. Your life matters. And so today we're talking about mental health. And we're starting with this first week. We need to get healthy. God, what can we do? Week one, we're just talking about some of the initial steps that we can do to help us in our mental life. And today, maybe there's some things that we're doing that are hurting us, not helping us. Right? Let's take an inventory of our life. Let's examine our lives. What are we doing? Because Jesus says, come to me and I'll give you rest. There's an action step that we need to take. What are some action steps that we're not taking or perhaps taking that are hurting and not helping? So today I'll say this, take the right actions to receive the peace that is for you. Today, what are some action steps that we can take to receive the peace of God that is for us? Jesus says, come, draw near to me and I'll give you rest. And I think all of us can agree that if there's a time to draw near to God, it's now more than ever. Right, like we look around the world, now is the time to take some of these right action steps to receive the peace that God has for us. Like now is the time more than ever to really go after God. If we've been playing church, if we've been playing seeking God, now we must seek him more than ever. Because the past 12, 13, 14 months have been difficult on our mind and on our souls. I want to show you some numbers. Just let's talk about mental health for a little bit. Why are we talking about it as a church? Why are we doing this series? For the past three years, we've been doing this, and we're probably going to continue to do it every single year. But look at some of these numbers, right? 40%. This is as of last June, 2020. 40% deal with mental health or substance abuse. 40% of our population, they are abusing substances or they have had mental health disorders because of what we're going through as a society. One in six U.S. youth, ages 6 through 17, have a mental health disorder. Half of all mental health lifetime illnesses begin at age 14. Crazy statistics. 25% by the age 24. Depression cost our country $210 billion annually. This is a serious pandemic we're living in. More than COVID-19, it's a mental health pandemic. More than 70% of young people who are in jail today in our prison system struggle with a mental health illness, which shows you we need to start working on this earlier and talking about it more. The most common one, anxiety disorders, affect 40 million adults or 18% of our population. These are staggering numbers. Like the, these are real, not, like there's, I know there's, there's, a, there's a health pandemic, but there's a mental health pandemic going on. And I think the church of Jesus Christ needs to lead the way in talking about it. By the way, we also need to get rid of the stigma around it. Nothing is wrong with you if you have a mental health disorder. I've heard Christians say you need to love Jesus more or pray more or you need to worship more. You shouldn't be going through that. That is a lie. 
Because the same way that the body can catch a cold, the mind can get sick. If worship was the only answer, then why do Christians get the flu? If prayer was the only answer, then why do Christians get the cold? The same way the body can get sick, the mind can get sick as well. So we need to get rid of that stigma that something is wrong with you or you need to pray more or go after. No, it's, it's something that just happens. In fact, some of the greatest biblical heroes went through this as well. I don't believe you. I'll show you. Jeremiah. Look at Lamentations. 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 Lamentations chapter 3. Look, this is the prophet Jeremiah. Look what he says. The prophet Jeremiah. I've been deprived of peace. You ever felt that way? <laughs> Some of you are like, I'm feeling that way right now. He says, I've forgotten what prosperity is. So I say my splendor is gone. And all that I had hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Whew. It says, my splendor is gone. My light is gone. I have no peace. This is the prophet Jeremiah. Talk about being in darkness. Paul, anybody know Paul? One of the greatest biblical leaders, church leaders of all time. Look what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure. Somebody say pressure. pressure. Far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself. Paul's like, you don't know some of the struggles we went through. He was shipwrecked, abandoned, stoned almost to death, thrown in prison a bunch of times. And, and he was like, I'm, I'm getting to the point of being fed I'm done. Like, Lord, take me now. You ever felt that way? Paul's like, I'm, I'm done. So it doesn't matter how holy you think you are or how much you worship, life affects us all. So why, why do we get here? We need to break the stigma. What are some ways that we get to mental health disorders? Why is this happening in our society and why is it on the rise? I want to give you four reasons and maybe uh, if we know some of these reasons, it can help us find some help in some of these areas. The first one is just a physical illness, right? Chemical imbalances, right? We talked about original sin a few weeks ago. When Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, sin corrupted our human nature. Sin came into the world. That's why the Bible says all of creation groans. We are looking at the world in decay. I know it looks good, but sin has ruined everything. We were made to live forever. Once we sinned, now death came. And once death came, our body starts to decay. Because of sin, our bodies decay. It's why disease happens. It's why illness happens now. Sin has brought that to our race. It's why the body gets wrinkles. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's why the body sags. Some faster than others, but physical illness. And so the mind can decay as well. Another reason is poor physical life. Like some of us are just not taking care of ourselves really good, right? And so how are your sitting habits, your eating habits, your sleeping habits? What are some of the habits in our life? We're living in a society where people work 50, 60 hours in a cubicle, never go outside, never get no sun, eating fast food every single day, never get no exercise, on the phones 24-7. Like this affects our mental health. Number three, social media has added to the rise of mental health. Every single person's on their phone 24-7. <laughs> All you need to do is go to a restaurant and look around to see families upon families, every single one of them on their phone. 
Nobody talking to now one. Right? Ignore. Everybody's taking selfies. And so this has now caused a problem in society because everybody wants to be liked. Everybody wants the most views. Like, and this has affected young people the most. Like, if we adults deal with it, imagine those 16, 17, 18 now growing up with social media. I want to be verified. I want to be liked. I want to be followed. How come this person is following this? How come this person unfollowed me? It's the world that we're living in. Like, like, I don't know, but when me and dad have kids, I'm not letting them get social media until they're 25. I don't care. They're watching VeggieTales, like, until they're 23. I don't care. Like, like come on. Anybody know VeggieTales? Like, social media is causing mental health anxiety and stress. And it's another reason. And the fourth reason is just lack of identity. Like, so many people today don't know who they are. Right? There's no mentors. There's no coaches. There's no spiritual fathers. I heard one pastor say, I think there's really not a lack of spiritual fathers. Maybe there's a lack of spiritual children. In other words, don't tell me what to do. You can't get in my life. I don't want a pastor, a leader, a coach, a trainer, or a mentor. Let me live my life. And it's adding to the stress that you could be avoiding in your mental life. Four areas that perhaps we can all work at and trust Jesus for healing in every single area of our life. Are you with me? Look what Stephen uh, Yardy said about depression. He wrote a book called The Depression Cure, and he said this, We were never designed for the sedentary, indoor, socially isolated, fast food-laden, sleep-deprived, frenzied pace of modern life. It's our world today. It's how we're living. Like, when do we catch a break? When do we get off our phones? When do we take some kind of action to get better in our mind, body, and soul? So Jesus says, come. Come and I'll give you rest for your souls. Are you tired? Are you weary? Are you burdened? Life is heavy on your shoulders, on your mind. There's problems in marriages. There's problems in relationships. There's problems in families. And we're tired as a society. We go through financial loss and the bills keep mounting up. We go through issues in our physical health and that brings stress and anxiety. And so there's a mental health pandemic going on and we need to address it as a church. And we need to make sure that all of us get help and help one another. Because perhaps there's people watching today or here today, you can't get help because you're not there mentally yet to get help. There's no way you can even take yourself to a place of help. Then where are the people loving their neighbors, loving their brother and sisters, saying, I'm going to help you. I know you're not well. I'm going to walk this with you. I'm going to walk this together. I'm here to help you. Come on, somebody. Look at the person next to you and tell them, I'm here to help. Come on, we got to help one another. We can't just tell somebody, get help. What if that person can't get help? Who's going to help them? And so today, I I think the church has a responsibility to help out one another. The church, you and I, we have a responsibility to try to get healthy. And if we feel okay, help those that don't feel okay. And by the way, if you're not okay, it's okay not to be okay. And Jesus, I believe, is a healer. And I believe we're in the right place at the right time. What do we do? Jesus says, come. Come to me, all of you who are weary, tired, burdened, heavy, and I'll give you rest. What are some things that we can do to get well? 
I want to talk to you about three quick things, and we'll finish with this. As we start week one of this mental health series, right, what, what, what are some things that we can start doing? These aren't all the answers. There's a lot of things that we can do, but I thought of three quick things that I think that we can do. Number one, we need to be in the right place, the right place. Somebody say the right place. Recently, I'm trying to learn, I think I've mentioned it already, I'm trying to learn how to play golf recently. And um, I grew up in Hialeah playing baseball. I don't know about golf, right? Uh, they've taken me a couple of times. I've gone two, three times. And, and recently, I was out there in the golf range, and what I did is I jumped on the golf cart, and I grabbed the golf cart, and I went to try to pick up a ball that I hit awkwardly and wrong. And uh, I, I got the golf cart, and on the cart, I went up on the green with the cart. Okay. So those of you that are doing that noise, you know golf. <laughs> if you're wondering why people are doing that, it's because that's like a huge mistake, a huge mistake. What I didn't know is that one of the golf rangers, or whatever you want to call them, was around. <laughs> True story. So I get, up, I get up on the green, and I pick up my golf ball, and all of a sudden I hear, hey, hey, hey. And I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God. I'm like, I'm frightened, I'm scared. I'm like, what's going on? This man rushes up to me, and he's like, Get that car off the green. That is bad golf etiquette. And I'm like, sir, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm from Hialeah. I play baseball. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. You don't do that. I was so scared. I, pro- I thought this guy was going to spank me. Like, I'm like, I felt like my dad when I was like five years old. Like, yes, sir, I'm sorry, right? I get off the golf cart. I was with Pastor Adam, and Adam's like, you can't do that. I'm like, why didn't you tell me? Like, it- He's no longer here. Um, kidding. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know. Another time I'm playing and, and I had hit the ball like terribly. I like, went into somebody else's lane. I go get it really quick. And I'm in somebody else's fair, fairway. And so all I hear is, four! Right? I'm like, what does that mean? I'm ducking. And, right? and this is what I realized. When you are in the wrong place, you are more likely to get in trouble and to get hit. When you are in the wrong place, you are more likely to get in trouble and to get hit. We need to be in the right place. Now, I get it. Mental health, some of it is physical illness, chemical imbalance. Some of the other areas we can help ourselves. I I need to get in the right place. Where are your feet taking you? What's your environment like? Because your environment is important. Your environment is absolutely important. What are you listening to? What are some conversations that you're a part of? Like, are are your feet taking you to the right place? The wrong places can lead to the wrong thoughts. Jesus says, come, draw near to me. Are we drawing near? We've taken prayer out of schools. We've taken the Bible out of society, out of government. We don't want God to tell us anything. We've taken God, religion, whatever you want to call it, out of every aspect of life because we think we know better and mental health is on the rise. Or we think we know better than God. Don't tell me how to live. Don't tell me, no, I got no laws. I got no rules. I'm a rebel. Rebellion. Rebellion is causing a rise in mental health. Come to me. There's an action. Our feet need to take us toward God. What's your environment like? James chapter 4, verse 8. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. I don't go to church. That's why I tell parents, and we talked about it last week. Like, when I was young, I had no option. I grew up in church. Today, you need to tell your teenager, as long as you're under my roof, you're going to church. Until you move out and you can pay your bills, 
Then you decide whatever you want. But your environment is important. Mom, but none of the other friends go to church. Do you live with them? Am I have parents like that? Like, you're under my roof. We need to come to church. And I thank God that I went to church. It got me leaders, pastors, coaches, trainers, mentors that helped me become a better man. All right? We don't want to go to church. We don't want to go to church. We don't want to go anywhere, but our feet are quick to go to the club. Quick to go to that bar that we're supposed to leave. Quick to walk to adultery. Right? We're walking into wrong places and wrong spaces and then wondering why we got stress, anxiety, and heaviness on our mind. The Bible says this in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. It says, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. What's the answer? We've said we will not walk in it. God is speaking to his people in the Old Testament and the same thing happens today. God is saying, hey, I know the path is narrow, but walk in it. And yet society says, I don't want to walk in that. I know my path. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26 and 27. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Like, like work on the environment that you're a part of as much as you can. Right? That's why we love to do first 15 at Calvary. It means first 15 minutes of your day started with Jesus. Start your mornings with Jesus. You want anxiety and stress in the morning? Start with the news. Start on Twitter. Start on Instagram. You don't get enough likes. Nobody's liking your selfie from last night. Nobody liked your pizza dinner that you put up so the world can see it, right? Like, you're going to start with stress and anxiety on your mind. Come on, why don't we get up with worship in the morning? Get up with Jesus and say, God, I'm going to read your word. That I'm going to praise and worship you for five minutes. And, and I'm just going to go into your presence mornings with Jesus. Get in the right place. Number two, not only the right place, you need the right people. Number two, the right people. I remember uh, several years ago, I was on my way to Africa. I was traveling to Africa. I went with Compassion. We partnered with Compassion, Compassion International. It's a beautiful organization, and we partnered with them to help orphans all around the world. And, and uh, they, they said, Alex, come with us to Africa so you can see some of our projects and everything that Calvary does. And I was able to go, and it was absolutely amazing. On the way to Africa, I had a layover in Dubai. That's not a bad layover. It was an 11-hour layover in Dubai. And so I said, I'm not staying in the airport for 11 hours. I'm going to go see Dubai. <laughs> so I had read online that you can catch a taxi and get to see Dubai because a lot of people do long layovers in Dubai. And so I was by myself and I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to go see the city. And I started walking around the airport. I go outside trying to find somebody that can take me. And I, I found like two people and I tried to explain to them like, hi, yes, I'm, I'm on a layover, layover. And I'm trying to like go around like can you take me to see the city I'm on the way to Africa I remember some of their responses were like we spoke two different languages they didn't understand English and I didn't understand their language and they're like no this isn't Africa it's Dubai and I'm like I know I know I'm on the way to Africa but it was hard it was rough right the problem was we spoke two different languages I think a lot of us we need to get around the right people because you're hanging out with people that don't speak the same language as you 
Like you want a successful future. You want a marriage to be built on a solid foundation. You want good godly relationships. Get around some people that speak the same language. Get around some people that are there to pray for you. Get around some people to build you up. Get around some people that can pray for you. Get around somebody that that will tell you, come on, get up. You can do it. You're a fighter. There's a plan and a hope for your future. Get around some people that speak the same language. I'm not going to have a successful marriage if all I hang out with is cheaters. Right? The day of tomorrow, I'm not going to raise good kids if I hang out with deadbeat dads. Can we talk real? I've seen so many of my friends that are married still hanging out with single guys. I'm like, what are you doing? You speak different languages. Your wife's at home waiting for you and you're hanging out with somebody that doesn't have nobody at home waiting for them. Where are we going to next? It's the club. You got a, you got a wife that's going to leave you. And then you're going to be in the club by yourself. Like, like you got to get around people that speak the same language. What, what's your vision for your life? Where are you trying to go? Get some people around you that, 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 that believe God's word. Imagine you hang out. Like you're trying to build a successful marriage and your coworkers are like, yeah, yeah, talk to that coworker. She's fine. Okay. You're going to end up with some anxiety and stress and some mental health disorders. Because you weren't around the right people. Spoke two different languages. I don't know. I want to hang out with some people that speak my language. That know I'm trying to worship God, stay focused, build a good family, build a good career, build a good life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Proverbs chapter 18 verse 1 says, whoever isolates himself sees his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Here's what I'm going to tell you today that I know to be true. You need somebody in your life. I don't care how much you know. I don't care how smart you think you are, how good you think you are, how strong you think you are. I got it all figured out. You need some right people in your life. Y'all need it. Every single one of us need it. Like, do you got a pastor in your life? Do you got a connect group leader in your life? Here's, I'm, I'm gonna say this, and I've said this for the past two years. You may need a good godly therapist and psychologist in your life. There's nothing wrong with that. And we grew up in church where it's taboo and we need to break that stigma. Some of us need to go to therapy starting now. Thank God I've had a good, godly, spirit-filled therapist in my life for the past two years and he has helped me. You need somebody to talk to. You need somebody, you need somebody to just express some thoughts. Sometimes I'll, I'll just talk for like 20, 30 minutes straight. At the end, I'm like, I get it. You don't even answer me. I just need to express my thoughts. I get it. Thank you. Now walk out. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah, anybody know what I'm talking about? Like you need somebody to just talk to and express some of those things in your life. Get somebody in your life. Some of you, you're leaving here today, you need to call a therapist. You need to call a psychologist. Our connect groups are on a small break right now, but starting in June, get in a connect group. That's why we stress it. Life is not meant to be lived alone. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Who do you got in your life that's watching your back? Here's what I'm going to tell you. You don't need to tell everybody, but you need to tell somebody. You're only as sick as your secrets. You need to get around somebody and say, hey, I got this issue. I'm walking through darkness. I'm heavy. I'm under pressure. I got this temptation. I'm going through this. I'm telling you, it's not all the answers for mental health. Week one, we're just starting with some easy steps that can maybe help us. What can I do? I, I want to live surrounded. James chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. 
says, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Get around somebody that will pray for you. Get around somebody that will believe in you, that says there's a future, a hope. God has a plan and a purpose for you. I'm going to pray for you. Number one, get in the right place. Number two, get the right people. And we'll finish with number three, have the right posture. The right posture in life. I think this is absolutely important because I'm going to be honest, not every day you're going to win. Not every day are you going to feel like a champion. <laughs> not every day you're going to feel great. Not every day you're going to wake up and it's rainbows and butterflies and compromise. And that song, what does it say? Nobody knows the Maroon 5 song. Um, there's going to be tough days. There's going to be dark days. But we got to maintain the right posture. What I mean to say about that is have the right attitude. Because there's going to be days where we slip, where we mess up, where they're dark, where they're heavy. And we have to remember the right posture will help us to receive all that God already has for us. Paul, at the end of his life, he knows he's soon to be executed. He writes to his mentee, to his student, to his protege. In 1 Timothy, look what he tells him. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, Paul tells Timothy, hey, fight the good fight of faith. I want you to fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. Now, a lot of us maybe have heard that verse in church. If we grew up or we've been around it a number of years, like, by the way, that does not mean like get up every day and do more. Like fight. Come on, you got to fight. If you, if you don't feel good, it's probably because you're not fighting. What he means there is not a fight to do more. Listen to me. It's a fight to focus. It's not a fight to do more because Jesus has already done it all for us. Everybody know what I'm talking about? It's not a behavior verse. It's not saying act better, do better, do more, and then you'll be good. No. Hey, fight to focus, Timothy. Take a hold of the eternal life. It's already yours. Fight to focus on all that God has already. Keep the right posture. Lean into God. Understand all that he's already done for us. Realize you've already won in him. Last year, we, we took a, a small vacation to Orlando. And um, we were in a house with a pool. And I was there with my dad, my brother, my nephews. We were all hanging out in the pool. And, and we played this game who can hold their head under the water the longest. Anybody ever play that game? A few of us. Um, and so we're, we're all playing this game. I know, dumb game, but we're all there playing this game, and we're in the pool. My nephews love it. They, they, they go crazy with this kind of game. And so, come on, let's do it. And so we're all holding our head under the water, and we're doing it over and over again. Now, the thing with me is I wear contacts, so I can't open my eyes under the water. I'll lose my contacts. And uh, so I go under the water, and I, I got to close my eyes, and I'm just trying to listen to, like, who came up out of the water so I know I won. I want to win every game I play. We play to win. We don't play to lose. If you're not first, you're last. And so I'm under the water and I'm trying to listen, right? But, but my family, they love cheating at games. My daddy will come up, take a quick breath, and go right back down. And so I'm trying to listen well and all that. And I, I stayed down there as long as I could. Like I was struggling down there, right? I'm like, mm, I'm turning red. I'm like, I'm not going up. I'm not going up. I don't hear nobody moving. All of a sudden, my nephew just tapped me on my shoulder, and he's like, do you, Alex? Do you, Alex? 
do Alex. And I come up out of the water and I try to act like I was good. I'm like, <laughs> he's like, why'd you stay under so long? I'm like, they've been up. And he just played it all like he was just like, whatever. He's like, he's like, you already won. And I'm like, that's right. <laughs> but it made me think, so many Christians are living this way, like, oh, maybe I got to read my Bible a lot more. And if I don't read three chapters a day, the devil won't be away. And, and maybe I got to worship more. And we do ugly faces during worship. Like we're trying to get something from God when it's already been given to us in Jesus Christ. And so we're struggling, we're striving, and we're trying. And maybe if I behave really good, then I'll earn salvation. You can't earn it. You can't get it. Jesus already accomplished it on the cross. All you got to do is receive it. I'm blessed. I'm healed. I'm forgiven. I got grace. I got mercy. God is good, and he smiles upon my life. It's not a fight to... To do more, it's a, it's a fight to focus on what Jesus has already accomplished. All of us who've already called on the name of Jesus, we are already saved, healed, delivered, set free, given eternal life. And so if you have the right posture, it'll help you, at least in your mental health, begin a process to understand, I'm already loved. I'm already good enough for him. I'm not saved by my behavior, but because I'm saved, it changes my behavior. I'm not saying we don't have to live holy. I'm not saying we should have worshiped all that, but we don't do that as a means to get saved. Because we're saved, we worship and pray and live holy. Are you following me? Oh, so many of us, I think, are heavy under burdens, stressed and anxious because we don't understand that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. It's not based on my behavior. It's not based on how good I am. It's based on how good he is. So every morning when I do my first 15 with Jesus, I understand I'm forgiven. And so I start with the right posture. I'm going to be in the right place with the right people, with the right posture. Jesus, thank you. Because even though I'm not good enough, I can't behave my way into heaven. My behavior will never be good enough. I'm flawed, but, but you already saved me. You love me. Even in my darkness, you love me. Are you hearing me? So there's people here today that you're walking in darkness. You're watching, you're in darkness. You need to have the right posture to receive everything he's already given you. Have a posture every day of just receiving his goodness, his mercy, and his kindness. It's not based on how good you are, all that you can do you'll never be good enough. That's why Jesus came. Again, it's not the answers for mental health, not all the answers, but today we're taking one step. I'm gonna start with a posture of understanding he loves me. And I think that'll lift some of the burden off our back. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. I want us to do something. I want us to pray today. And I think there's people here today that you need to receive all that he has for you. You've known Jesus, followed Jesus, but you're still anxious and stressed out trying to do it on your own. All across this place, I want us to stand up on our feet. At home, if you're comfortable, if you're watching from a place that you can do it, I want you to stand up as well. And I want you to do something. We had a pastor this week come speak to us at staff and he did something that I loved and it reminded me, we hadn't done it in a while. Why don't you put your hands like this in front of you, just in, in a posture of receiving from God. 
Come on, why don't we close our eyes? And the Bible says he's a good God and he's a good father who gives good things to his children. And so today, maybe you've been anxious, you've been stressed out. Today, mentally, you've been burdened, heavy. Things are weighing down on you today. Why, why don't you receive his peace? Come on, if you're a child of God, if you've called on the name of Jesus, why don't you just close your eyes and just receive peace? Come on, receive his grace. Maybe you're in here today or watching and you're, you're thinking about all the bad things that have gone in your life, the bad things that people did to you or you did to other people. Today, you haven't received forgiveness. You haven't received healing for that. You're walking around with shame, guilt, heaviness in your soul. He doesn't want you to live like that for the rest of your life. The Bible says he's given us every single spiritual blessing that can be found in heaven. Today, receive it in Jesus' name. So in a posture of receiving, Father, I pray right now, I pray that you would heal those who are broken on the inside. God, I pray that you would strengthen their inner man. I pray that you'll begin to heal their mind, their soul, their heart. God, your word says that you take our garment of heaviness and you give us one that's light. Your word says that you turn our mourning into dancing. And so God, we know this isn't everything, but some of us today, this is one step that we can take. It's the right posture in front of you. And every day, help us to remember to start with you. Receive from you, love you, communicate with you. God, I pray peace over those that have no peace today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fall upon them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Those that cry every single night and have no sleep. Those that are tormented by fear and demonic oppression. In Jesus' name, be free. Those that can't find rest for their souls. Father, I pray that today you would give them the rest that their soul longs for. That is only found in you. Come. Come to me. All who are heavy, tired, worn out. And I'll give you rest for your souls. Come on, why don't you take a couple deep, deep breaths right there where you're at. Come on, I believe that the presence of God is here. Come on, take a deep breath. Thank you, Jesus, that you love us. We're going to fight the good fight. Focus on all you've done focused on all your accomplishments at the cross and with the empty grave. God, peace, healing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody thankful for a good God? He's an awesome God. He's a good God. He's a good Father. Come on, we're going to get to the right place. Let's check our environments. Let's be around the right people. I think there's a good start right here. And I think there's some good people here. Every single Monday night, we have Celebrate Recovery here at church. And it's for people who deal with hurts, habits, hangups. And you can come here and get a good group. In four weeks, we kick off connect groups. I want to give you last four quick things. I, I forgot to do this. We ran out of time. But I think this can help you. Four quick things that I think can help you. If we can put it up, first 15 every single morning. 
I do this before you check your phone, your email, all that. First 15, come on, let's have mornings with Jesus. Come on, I think that's one of the best things we could do for our soul. Number two, talk to someone. Today, if you got to call a therapist, a psychologist, or tomorrow with an officer, you need to talk to someone. Number three, social media breaks. Sometimes I'll delete my social media for a week, for a month, and I'll post from Diana's phone, or she'll post for me, or somebody on our team will post on my, that's not me sometimes posting. I, I take breaks. Like, social media is heavy. Take a break. I don't know. Why don't we delete it for this whole week? And let's just, like, I don't need to know what everybody's doing all the time. I need to work on me. Right? Like, take some breaks from social media. And journal. Four quick things that I think can help. And I didn't do that in the first service. Again, ran out of time in every service. But... Hopefully that can help somebody. Let's pray really quick. Close, close the eyes. Maybe there's people here today, you don't know Jesus. You're watching online or you're here. You're saying, Alex, I don't have a relationship with God. I'm far from God. The Bible says all of us are sinners. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner, and our sin separates us from God. You can never be good enough. I can never be good enough. We've all done wrong, thought wrong, said wrong, and our sin separates us. God is love, but he's also holy, and because he's holy, he can't be with sin. And so sin separates us from God, yet he loves us so much that he sent his son, Jesus. Jesus came and he grabbed my sin, your sin, our flaws, our mistakes, our shame, our guilt. The Bible says that Jesus carried the sins of the world on his shoulders. He went up on a cross and he died for me and he died for you. Today, it doesn't matter what you've done, what you did, what you did last night, last month, last year. Today, he wants to have a relationship with you. God loves you so much. So if you're here or watching and you say, Alex, I don't have a relationship with God, I want to tell you today, he wants to have a relationship with you. With every eye closed and every head bowed, if you're here today, you say, Alex, I need a brand new beginning. I know I need forgiveness for my sins. I'm tired of living the way I'm living. I need forgiveness today. I'm going to count to three. With every eye closed, every head bowed, in a moment of prayer, in a moment of privacy, if that's you, at the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to give you a mic. None of that. Every eye closed. Come on, pastors are praying. Dream team's praying for you. We love you. Nobody looking around. I want you just to throw your hand up in a moment. Hold it up for a few seconds. I'll see you really quick, and then you can put it right back down. Hands already going up. One, two, three. Raise your hand as high as you can. God bless you. 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 I see 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 you. God bless you. God bless you. Amazing. 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 If you're watching online, you can throw your hand up right there. God sees you right where you're at. All the hands can go down. Repeat this prayer with me for the bottom of your heart. All of you who raise your hand, the Bible says you'll be saved if you put your faith and trust in Jesus. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and you will be saved, the Bible says. So we're going to do right now. Come on, all of us together. Why don't we say it in one big loud voice as one big family. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and I need you. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, I'm forgiven, I'm saved, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, anybody grateful for a good, good God?
Hey, really quick, before anybody goes anywhere, really, really quick, if you raise your hand, we have a free gift for you outside. There's a tent. It's called our Connect Tent. And before you go home, get in your car, all that, I want you to go pick up a Bible. It's a free Bible from us to you. Don't leave this place without it. In fact, if you did that decision online, there's some information on the screen. Text us to that number, and we'll send a Bible to you.